we're here lads yeah but we're changing it up what happens when we're back so i'll tell you why it's we're here instead of we're back daniel you'll know this but when alex and i were on our way back from mike's place for Mm -hmm. the super bowl party we decided to listen to the first episode of the podcast oh my gosh and instead of (laughs) we're back because we weren't back it was the first episode it was alex we're here so now it's we're going back to we're here i thought i'd change it up a bit we, the portal we, has opened. We won't. We won't talk about some of the takes we have. Watch out for the sabers. Joe Hanson was going to change everything. Well, I, but I, I will say though, we sounded so much more positive. It's like we haven't been through hell and back. We sounded so hopeful. Naive. It was just we mm-hmm. didn't realize we didn't know. the pain that would come. Yeah. COVID. COVID. Playoff heartbreaks, trades, such. It was a rough time. It was. I have one question, guys. When is this lost episode going to be published? Never. Never. Oh, the one we did in your in your um my res your residence. I have it. It's on this very phone. It's Mm -hmm. here. I'm typing in my password by accident. Uh, but it's. We'll see. I think I. I I think I swore in the first five minutes, and that was that was no no. We're talking about the Sharks come back against Vegas, but now yeah. it's never going to come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you can see it was right after the game seven loss. I forget which one, but the game seven loss, the second one against Boston, maybe? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because Tavares <laughs> had already signed. So it should be the second one. True. This is true. Looking forward, guys. We're going to talk about hockey. We're going to get to the Leafs in a second here. But first, I think we got to talk about the Olympics. Closing ceremony. That's a thing. Bye, Beijing. I didn't even know it was over. Yeah, no, it was very quiet. It, it was quick. Yeah. It's 6.30 yeah. a.m. Yeah, it was, it, was mar- it was marketed perfectly in North America. Yeah, well. I'm sorry to say, it's just for the last two weeks, I've just, my coverage on it has been Twitter and highlights when I wake up before work. Lucas Weiss and Ben Steiner. Literally. Yes. Literally. Literally is the only reason I've known what <laughs> yeah. happened. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So I think first we have to talk about the big one. I, I just want to, I just want to, ah, it feels good. What did we say? What did I say on the podcast? I don't have to say who's going to win. And I don't have to say who's going to score the game winning goal because it happened. Marie-Philippe Poulin once again gets the game winning goal. The Canadians win gold. Oh, is it not a great feeling? Oh, it feels so good. It feels so good. Redemption for Shannon Sabados in the shootout. I mean, you know, she wasn't playing, but I know, but they she had good coverage, by the way, on it. She was really good, yeah, yeah very, okay. very good. The the women are killing it this year with the Olympics. Not even just that. So, oh, yeah. so yeah, obviously, Canada beat Sweden in the Olympic soccer women. Yeah, Chris yeah, yeah. Sinclair, love to see it. Then the Canadian women win the World Championships right. against the states, right? And now again here in the Olympics, they win. And awesome. might have been the best women's team we've ever seen. Probably. Maybe. Um, I, I, I will say, I, I'm sure you guys saw the number. There was about 3.5 million people watching that game. Mm-hmm. The number That's came great. out. Yeah. At 11 p.m. at night, by the way, which is apparently was better than any NHL game has done this year, which was I laughable. stayed up to watch it, obviously, and the medal ceremony. Because uh, I thought they would name like player of the tournament, but I, I went to bed at two seventeen a.m. Because I'm like, okay, the, the medal presentation was cool because they 
They brought out the actually, you know, we'll get to that in a second because I think we got to talk about some of the stats coming out of this. First off, Marie Philippe Poulain is the only hockey player, man or woman, take that in, to score in four Olympic gold medal games. Wow. Three of those were game winners, and obviously the other one where she scored and was the was the shootout loss. God, she's good. We'll talk about Mary Philippe Poulain a little later herself, though. Another one I want to give out here is, let me just find the exact stat here. Uh, it has to do with Sarah Nurse, who, is she not, like, is it just me, or is Sarah Nurse not sort of slowly the new face of women's hockey? It just feels like she's a lot, like, very much always there in the side of the media. I really like her. She has the uh, chicken wing box. You know, that's always a good indication. You said because, that to me, yes. Yes, with Jamie, Jamie Drysdale, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she needs her own Cheerio box, though. Like, that's the thing. Connor McDavid's still in the Cheerio box. I don't. A boring man know. for a boring cereal. Oh, I said it. So, so it's the weekend. It's the what? Oh, goodness gracious. That was awful. Okay. <laughs> Anyone who hasn't seen it. So the Oilers have this thing where they post one of their players doing a parody of uh, uh, who's what's his name? He plays James Ball. He oh, plays Daniel James, Craig. Daniel Craig. Yeah, Daniel <laughs> yeah. Craig. He's like SNL bit of ladies and gentlemen. The weekend, the thing that trends on Friday every week. And it's the Oilers players doing it. And McDavid just goes, uh, I can't even do it. It was emotionally drained. They must Ladies have been the weekend. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. The weekend. It's the weekend. He sounds and so he, annoyed. And he, he knows like he has to play on Saturday. Game. That's why. <laughs> yeah, we're going against the Penguins. I'm going to lose. But he's like Sarah Nurse, anyway. Yes. A new record of most points in an Olympic tournament. Breaks mm-hmm. Wickenheiser's record. Oh, crazy. I, there's just so much to, to look at with this team and say, like, can we like get something going here for the woman? Like in terms of like a league, like I, I don't want to, I don't want to diminish what the PHF and like the PWHPA is doing. I just, I just want to see something. I want to see something put together. Like, like it, to me, it just feels like there's this conflict that they don't want to admit that there's conflict. And I just, I want it to soar. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like there's just the momentum. Cause I think like mentioning, I, like I think there's so many people that would watch it. Incl- I, I imagine including the three of us. Like, I just please. It's always when again it's the world championships of the Olympic come around, and we all yell about how great women's hockey is, and it disappears for four years. So this was a Cintiq Zero tweet I wanted to speak of, and it's going back to Sarah Nurse, but there's a reason I say it. Uh, Sarah Nurse over the last two weeks won gold for her country, recorded a. Record setting 18 points in the tournament was in every commercial I saw run during these games. She's a star on and off the ice, and this country's lucky to have her. The reason I mentioned that is it's just been <laughs> there needs to be some change to do with women's hockey. And I think that that change that everyone we've been talking about for years now is one league altogether. Um, because it doesn't feel like the NHL are gonna do anything until that happens if they do do anything. But, you know, I was watching. They obviously had – normally the Hockey Night in, uh, in Canada broadcast, the second intermission starts with headlines. They pushed it back to talk to Sarah Nurse, and I forget who the other player was. I feel like a, a dick for not remembering it. And they had personality, and you're like, I love this so much. They're te- I, I always remember the All-Star game the women were at, and they had their three-on-three show- showcase. Humiliated the guys. Humiliated them. You just want more of that. A lot more hockey. It, it's fantastic to watch. 
Yeah, I think you like the, the personality is is huge. Like that's that's such an important uh, first step, especially now nowadays where personality is a lot in starting to grow something, and they have it. They have it. It's there. You have something to build around. You have these group of players to still build around, whether they're older or younger. They want to be. They want to be there. They want something. You have some. We we got like we got to do something. We got to do there's, something. There's that level of consistency. When I mentioned the momentum, that when you have this already, when you have the familiarity of the players of getting to know them, you want to keep running with it, and you want to keep reminding people to know that these are the people who they are. Um, I'm just going to compare this because it's something that James Duthie has always mentioned every year when it comes to the world juniors, where you look to the selection camp, for example, and you, you don't really know the name sometimes, but like, he's like, Oh, by the end of the tournament, it's like these players are the part of your family already. And for me, I'm like, why can't that happen for women's hockey? Even on like the biggest platform that you have it there, but then, you need, yeah, you need something to keep, like, to keep showing, like, you know, the content is there to keep showing that we could get more fans out, of, like, out of this because, it, listen, it's great. There's, there's the obvious evidence that there, there is, there is a market for this, and a, a big thing that I've mentioned, like, I've, I've been thinking about is what Will Baldwin said before a couple, like, a few episodes before about how the WNBA did it with the NBA, and obviously, like, that's really impossible with the way the NHL's kind of going about it. So I'm, I'm all for like making sure that these leagues still get those attentions where even now, like even if you could take the Olympics right now and go, Hey, you had fun with this. This was an amazing tournament. How about you, you support them on a more daily, weekly basis. You couldn't even do that with the world juniors, the NHL too. And yeah. you know, to build on your point about the moments there, about like James Duthie saying, I'm oh, part of your family. It's not a Canadian or an American here, but Lias Anderson, the most notable part of his career was throwing his silver medal into the stands of the World Juniors a couple of years ago when they lost to Canada, I think. Mm-hmm. Good or bad, he's a household name in, in the world of hockey because of that incident. You know what I mean? And, and it should be like that one's women's hockey. Um, before going to Marie-Philippe Poulin, because if there was one good thing to do with women's hockey is it sounds like she's going to be around for at least one more Olympic cycle. We'll get to that in Jeff Merrick's thing on uh, Hockey Night last night in a second. But first off, I wanted to talk about the medal presentation. So if anyone didn't see it, the way they presented the medals was they had these three long strips of carpet. Uh, they brought up Team Finland, and we're going to get to Finland the men's in a second. They won gold before that, but this is more important. Uh, they bring out the women's Finnish team who got bronze for one strip, Canada obviously in the middle, and then the Americans for silver. What I thought was really, really nice is they didn't get Luke Tardif or the other person who was, I think, a member of the Olympic Committee, don't know her name, um, and they would let the players put the medal around their teammates' neck, which I thought was such a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Still tough to see the silver medalist because it's so fresh in their mind, but um, I thought that was a really, really nice touch, except the stupid flowers that Luke Tardif had. And it was like, hey, do you want to hold this flower? No, because I had to put the medal around my teammate's neck. That was really awkward. But yeah, that was, uh, I didn't like watching that. Cool. This is like the Americans that were really sad. Like, dude, what, shut, I, I got to put the medal around. Leave me alone with your flower. But still, really cool, cool idea, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was for a safety thing. Like, they you, you, you limit contact. No, no, they should absolutely people. keep that. They should yeah. absolutely keep that. That's it, 
it's clever if that's what they were doing. Yeah. Because even yeah, because even right after the game, they're like, all right, masks, 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 mm. and that. So I could see that, but it's definitely a lot. It's a lot better than the way they normally do it. No stupid watches. Get rid of that, please. Get rid of that. Always, if you're announcing player of the game, do it afterwards. Do it a few days after. Please do it. Okay, Marie Philippe. I've been very vocal on this podcast about if Mary Philippe Poulain was going to be done playing, the Habs need to get on that and get her in the organization. Here's what's really interesting. The past couple of days, a report came out that the 12 Riviera Lions, who are the Montreal Canadiens ECHL team, apparently offered Marie Philippe Poulain a contract. She turned it down. I think this was all via her agency um, and invited the team to help her in the ways of, uh, of growing the women's game. Then last night on the Hockey Night um, 32 Thoughts segment, Jeff Merrick said that it looks like Marie-Philippe Poulain wants to play at least one more Olympic cycle. Uh, and in the background, the Canadians themselves are very interested in having her in any sort of role whenever she's done. So first off, I think we should talk about the more important thing is if there's something great for women's hockey, it's having Marie-Philippe Poulain around. That's the most important thing right now. For sure. I think the next four years, you like uh, for me, I think this time around this, this Olympic cycle or this Olympics was a little different because it started with uh, a Rosie DiMano, whatever opinion piece, which in a way brought the, the community together. And it just, maybe it's a gut feeling um, for me. It just feels like these next four years um, are going to be quite important for women's hockey. And to have someone like Marie-Philippe Poulain around, uh, of her stature around, um, especially if we're going to ha- have one big league again, one big league together, um, is, is going to be extremely important and is a great building block for f- the future generations. Here's this very weird thing. We know that, that Tyler Taminia is apparently going to resign after the playoffs, the PHF commissioner. And a lot of people kind of look at, there's been a few things in women's hockey with, you know, this person getting pushed out or whatever, this person resigning. Um, I, I obviously don't know the full details of all the women's leagues as much as I should, but um, at some point, and this is where it's so important for those two leagues to come together, they need stability. More importantly, Marie-Philippe Poulain, some of her greatest like playing career was, I think it was, was it the CWHL when she played for Les Canadiens, which was like that one. I think it was like the Kelly Cup and no, no, not the Kelly Cup. That's the uh, Clarkson Cup. Yeah, no, that's for, yeah, I always get them mixed up. God damn it. Um, but see, that's the thing is there's been multiple women's leagues and with no stability. Well, how are you going to build the game around it? Um, we, we yell about Arizona and that. Well, there's the same thing. You need stability for this to work. And that's what the women's game needs. And we all want it to come together. But I'm waiting for the Rosie article to say this is all, it was all part of the plan to bring them together. Yeah. I deserve a We're hoping for that. Yes. Clearly the retraction. Well, not on the, retraction. The, the, the 20 years that she's had the same opinion. You know, it, it, she, it was, she's building the community. She can probably just say I was right. It was only two teams and she'd ignore it and all that. Uh, going to the men's side of this, though. Finland wins their first ever Olympic gold medal for the men's. Although uh, I, I think it's the first, I think it's the first gold medal at the Olympics in hockey period. They beat Russia. I'm sure, Ovechkin was happy. He only misses out on the one Olympic. Don't you gold mean medal. the Olympic athletes of Russia? They're Russia. Who cares? Let's not just be. Let's just let's not make this more complicated. Yeah, the 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 IOC doesn't care if they dope or not. Like it that that that's been evident. So we might as well okay, call them Russia. So. so that figure skater, 
that's been causing a lot right now. Yeah. It, it's just, man, it's all right. It's all right. GM Ilya Kovalchuk. <laughs> that's yes. how I, I choose to look at this. He gets a silver medal, but Finland, good for Finland. Yeah, good for them. Like, mm-hmm. I think with without the uh, without the NHL going, I think we actually get to see. It's to me, it's like a little bit of like, yes, it's not as the talent talent per se might not be at the same level, but I think it's still, uh, I'd argue, a lot more level playing field. Yeah, especially from the La Liga and the players that they've been able to bring there. I think Finland had a pretty competitive team. And uh, Adam, your boy, got a gold medal. Who am I forgetting? Who's my boy? Sammy Vatnin. He was on the team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Got a gold medal. Up. Yeah. I didn't know that. Is he coming back now to the NHL? He should have gotten the contract. You're telling me he's not better than David Savard right now? A little harsh. Tell me he's not better than he's been. He's been good lately, but Chris, Chris Weidman. The big thing though is he's stayed healthy this year. That's what I like to see about Sammy. Exactly. So maybe we should be questioning the stars and their medical staff. Mister Sagan's always here, and Ben Bishop, you know, you know, Sammy Mountain. I'm happy for him. That's awesome. That's so sick. I'm really happy for him. Congratulations, Sammy Vat and everyone else. So Daniel, you know that. I saw the stat the other day. So you know that because you pointed out to us the leading score in Olympic history is. Oh, oh, Team Solani. Do you know who second is apparently? Um, He's a Finn. And apparently when he was on the team, there was this thing of when he played, they never lost or something. Was it? It's not Saku Koivu. Apparently it's Saku. Oh, okay. Never forget. Man, what a winner. Saku. How the hell did he? Uh, he must have. Uh, Question later. How does the, how does Vincent LeCavalier have a job with the housing for a Saku COVID? Maybe Saku doesn't want it, but there's a question there. Okay. There's not enough French Canadians in the organization. That's why. Yeah. I mean, you know, come on. Discussion, discussion for another. Discussion <laughs> That's a punch to the there. gut right there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't hate the hires they're making. It's just like no, you want to hire someone that isn't a white man? It's just it, well, I'm, I'm asking. But okay, Leafs. We're gonna start with the Leafs because they've they've got some big big headlines around here. Well, big headlines. They acquired they, they traded at like a fifty four <laughs> for two death players. But in the world of Toronto, it's massive. Significantly a big I deal. I didn't think it was that. Big it's the only thing I've been thinking surprised. about the last twelve hours. It was the biggest thing last night. It was like Freeman started the show being like Nick Ritchie might get traded, and then everyone was like. GM of the year. Okay, I, I don't want to. I don't think anyone <laughs> said that. I, I didn't see Man, all I know is I saw Mike Steven be very, very happy about the death mood Kyle Dubas meet cleaning up his own mess of a signing. That was harsh. Okay, because it's that's, well, the that's what happened. No, no, that's okay, so uh, that's a hundred percent spot on. Before we get too in, into this, right? Okay, yeah. so here's what happened. Okay, we we know that. So okay, the full trade. I should probably say what it is first, right? That's pretty important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. So the Arizona Coyotes trade Ilya Labushkin, pretty good player, death, death defenseman, defends, and that's it. Um, why can't I remember his Ryan name? Dezingle. Ryan Dezingle. Ryan Dezingle, Mr. Who? 20 Go Ottawa Man. Dezingle, Labushkin, they send him to Toronto, two depth guys, defensive guys. That's all he can do nowadays. In return, the Leafs send Nick Ritchie and a conditional second-round pick. 
Now, the condition is very, very strange. Uh, you know, normally it's kind of like, oh, if they play like this, if they, they play like that, it's going to go. But no, 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 no. So Arizona get a pick between Toronto's 2023 third or their 2025 second. Now, for some reason, of my Leafs note, I put the trade at the very bottom, so I was panicking to find it. Adam, you idiot. Um, so here's kind of like my thing of this trade, because does Dubas deserve credit for the trade? Of course he did. It's tidy business. You know, you dump a cap like you're, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a cap dump for a pair of depth players, right? Now, Kyle Dubas, I think it was what he gave up three two year deals on the offseason. David Camp, Andre Kasha, and I think Nick Ritchie were the three. And Michael Bunting. No, Kasha only got one. Kasha got one year. Okay, one so Michael Bunting, it's a show me deal. Kyle so yeah. Bunting, yeah, Bunting and Ritchie and, and, Ritchie. Ritchie. and so yeah, he doesn't count. He's a goalie. Okay, weird. okay. He doesn't does, count. That doesn't count. That doesn't okay, count. We don't okay. talk about goalies. Okay, okay. You know that goalies are weird. Okay, okay. So of those real deals that count because goalies are fake, um, he went, he goes two for three, right? It just doesn't help that the one that didn't quite hit was the most expensive one. Yeah. yeah. Simple as that, right? A hundred percent. Like, I don't think we should be being like, oh, yeah, the boy Kyle. He just... He cleaned up his own mess. A hundred. Like I, I think as a Leafs fan, this is my opinion. There's no bad way to look at this trade. That doesn't mean so, yeah. th- it doesn't mean it's a spectacular trade, but I, I don't think you can look at this trade and say, well, it sucks. Like I think it checks off like three different boxes for me. Uh, number one, you get rid of Richie. Like you can't have a 15th forward making two and a half million dollars playing in the AHL. It's just, you can't, um, you get another depth forward to essentially replace Richie and Ryan Dezingle who makes $1.1 million. He's, if you send him to the minors, which apparently he's on waivers, uh, today, um, is completely buryable. Um, and, you get a right-handed defenseman who can play on the third freaking pair. Like, I think 27. It, sure. And, and I think yeah. it checks all those boxes. Like I don't, I think there's not a bad way to look at this. Like, okay, 20, a third round pick next year. Are, are we tr- like, we're trying to win or are we trying to be like, trying to be like, mis- like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Or, or a, a second round pick, three four years from three or four years from now the guy's like the kid's 14 years old <laughs> if nick Ritchie makes less money does he get claimed off waivers earlier this year i okay i Probably. think so i think so because he is only 26 um he has shown that in the right system he which could, system is that so like you know a you know, through the dirt type of player, like you know, what I forgot who said this. It was uh, it was maybe Craig Simpson or um, no Joe Bowen, where he said the Ducks, the way they play is they drag you through the mud. Yeah, and I think that if he had other system like that and he could thrive in it, then maybe like he did really well in Boston. I was still shocked they didn't give him a qualifying offer. He because Cassie didn't like him. He kept taking too many penalties. Yeah, and Brad Marchand, so you don't put up with that. Okay, I mean, I'm just take it out, put it out there now. Like, I don't have a Nick. I've had. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I have a bit of a Nick Ritchie bias this year. Really? No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. No. <laughs> Nick Ritchie fan club on the podcast's Twitter. Account. Yeah, I don't know who tweeted that. 
might have been Alex. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna miss him. I I know that I wanted him to do really well, but the thing is, that's the thing. He's given how many opportunities already? Even when he was protected on the fourth line, he wasn't very effective. And I, I like the trade. I really do like the trade. I know that it doesn't really move the needle per se, but I think that you cannot lose with this deal. Like they improved the D. I know that Lubushkin's not high end guy, but you know, he has that element that I love, like the Dylan DeMello element where he's just no, not the Dylan DeMello element. Don't There's one boy. name. There's one name who he fits. It is the Zach Bogosian element. Okay, the Zach, I'm sorry, the Zach Bogosian the element. Dylan DeMello element. <laughs> I will say, like, here's the thing with, with Dubis, right? Is we make this joke of, you know, of all these signings, one get one gets waived, one gets sent to the Myers, never seen again, one leaves in free agency, um, all that type of stuff, right? And somehow Richie was nearly every single one of those in one. Got waived. Was all through the lineup, worked for five games, and then he eventually, you know. So what's the wait? What's the uh, wh- what's it? So waived, yeah. traded, walked to free agency because he's a bit too good. Maybe works out. So like you know, luckily they've hit more than the, the obviously Camp Bunting and, and and Kasha have all sort of worked. So yeah. instead, all the juju fell onto Nick Ritchie. Um, now, I'm going to be thinking on this because I, from the start of the year, thought it was going to be bouncing on that first line. I didn't kind of get – Richie was always that odd signing out to me because um, I never liked him in Boston. I was like – so he's a weird player. He's a very strange player to me. Here's just one thing I'm going to say. It's a very – it's a criticism, but I think it's one we have to throw in here because, you know, the one thing that Dubas has to be careful with is, you know, you got to be very careful with the way the cap is now with these $2 million sort of – free agent signings because it's what's biting them. And what you don't want happening is every year you're giving up a second or a third. If I'm Arizona, I'm going to wait, bite the bullet and get a second. You have enough draft picks this year and next. You should be further down the line where you can use that second rounder as an asset. Like if I'm Arizona, forget the third. I, I don't care what prospects available in whatever draft. I'm keeping that second. Right. So it's just like a bit of asset management for the future is Dubas has to be a bit more careful now, if COVID never happens and, you know, the cap is a bit, you know, not disastrous as it is right now, it's not a problem, but it's just, I think it's a lot of criticism we have to raise. I think that's a little unfair. Like, I get the point you're making, but mm-hmm. this year of the signings he made, three of them have worked out. Yeah. One of them is average and the other one hasn't worked out in years past that he made the, uh, the Kapanen deal, the, uh, okay. Kapanen, he got, a, I don't know how he made that deal. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. He <laughs> signed it, then traded it. Cause he had to the Janssen deal. The Janssen just deal whatever. was Janssen. Like I, I think with hindsight, like we all thought that deal was more than okay. When he signed he had his, I, that I know, deal like was, he, signed. yeah, he had his uh, best, I mean, his best time in Toronto. Right? Like he hasn't really, Bounce back in New Jersey. I mean more free agent guys. Okay. Not Kapanen and and Janssen. Those were in-house guys, I guess. This this is my opinion because what I kind of felt is the Nick Ritchie signing was a bit off the path for me in this cap era with Cal Dubas because we know that he's always been that guy that he would go to Russia a lot. He would go to other leagues just trying to get these guys and make the most out of it. So I think that for me, because like the Kasha deal, I know that was a show me deal, but it was still kind of a low risk deal. I think with Nick Ritchie, you think you had a known commodity there, 
And it's something where let's see if we can expand it here. And that's the one that it just didn't work out. But for me, it was just kind of off the path. Okay, well, the question with Kakasha was stay healthy. And with the Leafs medical team and look what they did with Tyler Ennis, it was a, it was a very safe bet to make. Uh, the thing with, with Richie was like, okay, a guy with size who isn't 40 years old like Joe Thornton, fair bet. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's my criticism is just because it was the most expensive one. Um, you know, I compared it like VC wasn't that expensive. Um, there's another guy I'm forgetting. I think he ended up in New Jersey too, or Vancouver because that was that weird, like two weeks when they oh, Travis, yes. Boyd. Travis Boyd. Travis yes. Boyd. That's it. It's just, yeah, he got obviously he didn't sign the Patrick Marlowe contract, but there is that thing of when you look at it in a microscope that a first or a potential second and third has been traded to help cat moves. It's all out of his control. I get it, but I still want to put it out there that like seconds are valuable, man. That's all I know. I understand, but I know, but I think it's unfair because it's the one signing he made that gone bad. And now you're, it's works calling it. Yes. It's a criticism. I'm not saying the sign was bad when he signed that deal. I'm like, what, like, why? Like I just, it didn't make sense to me, but like every, all these other moves have worked out. So I think it's just a little unfair to now point out it's a criticism because it was one specific time. Like I'm looking back at these deals that are around two and a half million. Like, they're all from before, before uh, Lou. Like they're Sean Matthias, Daniel Winnick, uh, P.A. Parento, Matt Hunwick. The, the, my boy. Matt that's Hunwick. before. That's that's before yeah, but, Lou. Yeah, but all of those ones were you didn't have to trade away the cap it for those. Like I'm, obviously, I'm gonna sit here and be like, you know what? You did what? What you gave was a second rounder. It's gone. I'm just saying, like, it's a in a three years. He, Kyle Dubas may not even be the GM in three years. Austin, Austin Matthews may not be a leaf oh when gosh. that draft pick is selected. Well, then think of it like this. In like three last years. Last episode, you said it's yes. win now. You got this guy off the books so you can make some make a, a move like yes. it is. Their defense is better. Their defense is better. 100%. Yes. Right. So, yeah. but why? So, why is it now? Why is this bad? Like, why is it a criticism now? But last episode, you have to make these moves to make the team better. Uh, I'm just saying that, like, it's a thing of my thing is in free agency, you just got to be a bit more careful and selective. Because, again, it, it's $2 million in a very careful team. I'm just saying, like, man, be careful. And it's going back to that thing of, okay, I still get annoyed when I hear about in this move, they have to still send down Lilligren. I'm like, well, they don't now because they're sending Dzingle down. Because they're sending. Oh yeah, no, because you pointed because he's no, on waivers. Before the show, I mean, when we were talking. Oh yeah, yeah. The Lily Green thing. Okay. Well, um, you gotta love the hard cap. Yeah. No. I. Oh yeah. It's awful. I can't say it. I hate. I love having to look at a team with a calculator and be like, "Oh, what's going on here? What's going on here?" Um. Okay. Uh, something else with the lease. Where were we? Where were we? Their game listen, last it's night. Just, listen. Right. Agree to disagree. I'm just. I'm just yeah. like man. The thing of in three years, that's again, my thing is like the Leafs competitive three years because that's Neilander, Muzzin, Brody all up. Yeah. Is when your team's looking a little different, maybe if you're restocking the cupboards, you have the second there. Am I using hindsight? Yes. But I want to be a smart ass. It's a sure, physical. They all, but they, Alex, they I cannot tease you about Ben Sherrod anymore. So I need some legs to stand on. Here. And they also, okay, okay, fine. Fine, fine. That's that's a good point. They also have two and a half million dollars in the offseason to spend now, right? Or like if they want, which I is guess. important, which because uh, yeah. 
Actually, you can go sign be. another Nick Ritchie and then trade another second, right? Or two Andre Kashas. <laughs> Here's something <laughs> sorry, I actually, I'm sorry, I, I've been working on. It's not complete, but with Montreal and Toronto, I've just kind of been projecting what their rosters are looking like at next year. This isn't done yet, so just don't take it uh, too much where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just projecting, oh, like, as of right now, um, again, it's not done. There are players missing. Um, and I haven't updated this with the trade. Um, but as of right now for next year, the fourth line isn't signed. They're going to need another, like, third-line winger. Uh, again, yes, I know Kasha, RFA, but you never know. Uh, so, yeah, there are there are holes around it to fill, and there's going to be a new Nick Ritchie, and one's going to work, one's going to get weighed, one's going to trade, and one's going to walk in free agency because he overperforms. And it's just that's how it works. Uh, that's how it works and all that stuff. So, yeah. Okay, going to the game itself, though, against St. Louis, uh, you knew the Blues were going to have a bit more extra step because they had just come off a, a loss in Montreal, not super hard travel coming from Montreal to St. Louis. Um, it wasn't a fantastic game for anyone on the Leafs' defensive side on the ice, and that leads to the goaltender. First goal, a shot, a rebound that Mraz, not Mrazic, oof, I just saw the list of, of people signing this on Mrazic. He's on the brain. Doesn't count. Goalies are weird. Uh, the first goal, it was a rebound that Jack Campbell just can't give up. Uh, the second goal, he just misread very badly. The D kind of left that side of the ice open, but you'd still like to say, you know, you need a save there. Uh, third goal was two-on-one, not his fault. Fourth goal was a nice tic-tac-toe, but Jake Muzzin has Brandon Saad behind him. He can't let that happen. Um, and then the fifth goal was a tip. Sixth goal was an empty nether. Um Alex, your criticism of the game, and it's not as bad as Calgary, is it? No, you know what that first goal felt like? So, what? you know, I don't remember what game we were playing, Adam, but we went into overtime, ESHL, me, you, and Mike, yeah. went into overtime, and the go- someone shoots it, goalie lets off a rebound, and, man, someone was there to put it in. I don't remember what game it was. That's what it felt like. Not that I described it well, but, Adam, now you understand how um, it felt. There was, oh, yeah. Well, there, there was actually um, this mirror, the goal that Caden Primo led in from Montreal. I, I, it was like I was having a flashback of it. But yeah, overall, that, the sorry, yeah. things, it's yes. a more acceptable loss, right? Yeah, I think like when I, I, I watched that game, I, I thought, I thought they lost. They like defensively, my Lord, that was, I do not want to watch Muzzin Willigren. Unless it gets better. Like that was just, that was rough to watch just straight up. Um, but I, I thought they did keep up with them in with the blues, like physically, are they, I didn't think it was as bad as like that Calgary loss where to me, it felt like it was just them getting pushed around. It felt like they were able to, to keep up with them. Um, and even, I mean, offensively for a part, and then it kind of just fell apart. I don't know if you saw Adam, your boy, Willie Nylander, had two goals. He was, um, I, I, I don't want to keep saying there. it, but he's, you know, by Adam, by Adam Wild still, I don't want to do it. Oh my God. Adam Wild said, Willie Nylander is the best player in the league. Right I, I still now. have not watched that clip. I'm not ready. Oh, it's, it's, man, I get where he's coming from, but he made some missteps there. But um, if that, we're talking about the clip where Adam Wilde, the STP, said that right now Austin Matthews is the best player in the world. I'm, I'm, we're not going to even entertain that discussion no, on the no. show no, no. because I'm going to start yelling about Sidney Crosby being forgotten. But um, by the way, uh, just because you mentioned Calgary, 
freaking hell they're a wagon right now um mm-hmm. what about you daniel what do you thought about that what did you think of that boss okay i think like they did they did match up pretty well it's just they didn't end it very well and i think right now it's just it, it is a bit of a no need to panic but it's there's a few loose things there that we've talked about with the muzzin lilligren thing or we've talked about how defensively they just have to make a lot more adjustments for the little things i think that's just what happened um i'm not really gonna look at this too much because it is a contending team and it's a team they don't see all the time but overall you know i'm 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 fine i'm okay i don't know i'm pretty zen about this if they have another game like this afterwards i don't know it's the thing of it shows how important it is to tighten up and and you know how tight games get towards this part of the year and you think, okay, you know, the way right now the least fans should be thinking is, all right, so I want you to imagine instead of Brandon Saad, that's a Sam Bennett right now. That's Corey Perry. And I look at the Florida teams, you know, that's what I'm thinking. That's where if you're Sheldon Keith, you're looking at, all right, guys, that's when you start. It's preparing those type of matchups. You know, you know what I mean? It's-, it's just on paper, I don't like looking at it when it says six. Like they allowed six goals. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know that's a six is like a oof. It's a red flag, but you know the empty Denver and all that. Yeah, um, yeah. I've just been made aware. Uh, Peter Morat, Peter Morazic will be playing Peter. tomorrow tomorrow night against the Montreal Canadiens. I thought, oh my god, I thought you said he got I'm, placed on waivers. No, I'm no. actually <laughs> so mad. They they're backing up Montreal. Well, I mean, I they don't. Have, yeah. I wish I could swear right now because I'm actually very offended. No, I'm actually listen, very upset. Listen, they've done it. <laughs> they've done it in years past where Montreal was a much better team. This yeah. is just a surprise. Also, I wouldn't play Jack Campbell after that game against Montreal. Bastards. Okay. Peter Marazic. Yeah, freaking, that doesn't piss off the Habs. Well, Peter Marazic. How, how dare you? How, those are, is that Greta Flint? How dare you? How dare you? I'm I'm actually so upset. Why I don't think see I I don't think they see the Leafs see it as a backup that see Peter Morazic as a backup. He's a one B minus. I think that's why they signed him. Yeah, like not to be a bat to be a one B minus. One B minus. Yeah, I like that, Daniel. Let's stick so, with that. Um, just to finish off in the Leafs because we have a few more little nuggets here. Uh, goodbye, Adam Brooks. Oh my God. Was he claimed last time we recorded? Uh, I don't think so. No, he, no, no. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay, so we got claimed and now he's a. Where is he? Uh, jet. Right? He's a jet. He's a jet. That's so weird. Why? Because Winnipeg are further down the waiver wire. Why didn't they get him? Because maybe Andrew Cobb I think they had. I, I think know. they had injuries, is what I read. The day like that night, and then they decided to pick him up when the Leafs put him on waivers the next day. Western Canadian team picking up the Leafs trash. I don't know. Oh I truly believe I we will see him play for the Leafs again one day. I, I believe in Adam Brooks coming back again for the I'm third time. Oh, we're gonna try and get him back. Guess not. That was something else. Um Austin Matthews' teeth. No, we're no. No, I put that in the doc because it was the biggest story that's around so the league. Funny. That was funny. Man, I just looked at that and it's like the, that's like when you walk into a post when you're not looking, walking on the sidewalk. Except yeah. you know, it's don't lose all your teeth. But that was uh, 
that was something. Alex, is it fair to say now with this move that maybe the Leafs don't look at picking up Justin Braun because that was people were talking about as maybe a further down the list target? And once he peeled around, side of trading was talking about it. I, I, I'd say so. I want to pull up this tweet. I, I actually just closed it by accident. Um, from the worst feeling. I know. Now I can't find who I'm looking for. There he is. Uh, from he actually goes to Ryerson, uh, Kyle Cushman. Um, he said he, he was talking about Muzzin, uh, is the quote, but it's related. Um, so I guess he said I don't get how some people look at what J- uh, what Jake Muzzin has struggled with this season and think putting a Manson slash bronze slash Shen type beside him will help him at all. If you add one of those types and they play third D with uh, Sandine, that could work. But Muzzin needs someone that can take puck moving responsibility and add mobility to the second pair, not someone who is even slower and can't get the puck out of the zone. So I guess to longly answer your question, no, I do not think they'll be going after Justin Braun. How about this? This probably isn't going to happen, but it's it looks it, it sounds like Elias Lindholm, not Elias. God Elias, damn, Hampus, 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 Hampus. There's so many Lindholms. Very quietly, the league has filled up with Lindholms. Remember yeah. when Hampus used to be the Lindholm? Then, uh, then Elias went to Calgary, and it's like, ah, he's great. People don't talk that about that enough. Didn't talk about it anyway. Um, apparently, it's from Dennis Bernstein. Two little things here. First off, uh, my understanding is Hampus Lindholm will test free agency. Ducks would love to have him, uh, have him stay, of course. Edmonton would love a player like Joss Manson, but he won't wave to go there. Um, and apparently, he it sounds like he'll take a, a discount to stay in Anaheim. In well, that's nice. yeah, he wants to stay California, in California, so that's huge. Um, obviously, I think it's fair to say if you're the Leafs, Alex, you would very welcome. We talked like a big yeah. sticking point about my my proposed Petri trade. Um, was was the cap comp, um, compilations the, the cap issues to do with with the Jake Muzzin having to be moved? Yeah. I if you could it, with there do a sign and trade with the Hampus and I think any team could probably do this. You would be a lot more okay with bringing him in sign and trade and giving up actual assets. I don't know if you would have a problem giving up a Roliama Mirov if Hampus Lindholm's coming the other way. I mean that's a very good defense. Yeah, no, I would uh, I would not mind mind that at all. I think it makes that like I think you we were texting about it last night. You pointed it out. It would the left side would be Riley, uh, Lindholm, Sandine, like that's 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 really pretty. Good. That's good enough. <laughs> that's good. That one side, and then you automatically you know that Brody and Liliagrin are somewhere fitted on that right side, and Justin uh, I, Hall. And, <laughs> We didn't mention him. And Justin episode. Hall, yeah, somewhere like I, I think that would be I'd be more than happy with that and be willing to pay the extra for a sign and trade. It's going to be interesting on the other side though, because the Ducks they've been sliding quite a bit the last be, week. But the thing is, they you won go last there, Daniel, Okay, before before you go there, I just want to make it very clear: no one said Lindholm to the Leafs. But I thought I've been so on Alex with Ben Chirot lately. I think I did. He earned this. So yeah. Sorry, go on with the Ducks, because ultimately, these two defensemen, it's about them. But I wanted to give Alex that. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. It's been <laughs> it's, a long couple of days. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it's going to go for the Ducks in like less than a month now, up to the deadline, because they were rolling, but now they, have, they were in a bit of a rut. They 
lost really badly to the Oilers. Yeah, yeah. And they did bounce back against Vancouver, but even that game was shaky too. It was five one at one point. Yeah, they that was it got a little leaky. I was I was watching it. It was a little leaky towards the end, but at one point they were kicking the ever loving crap out of Vancouver. Yeah, and as of right now, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that because like Josh Manton wants to stay, but does that really fit with the future? Ryan Getzoff, I don't think he wants to go anywhere. Um, at the same time, too, like the young guys, they want all of them to get experience in the playoffs. So do they risk not going for like Hampus Lindholm? Because there's obviously not Hampus Lindholm level guys, but there are guys that they're NHL ready that they could just fill in the minutes. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to see what they do. With Lindholm gone, that's a lot more minutes for everyone else. And I think more importantly, that's more minutes for Jamie Drysdale, which... Mm-hmm. It's going to take a couple years, but that's who's going to be the guy there. I'm not saying he's going to be the same type of guy as Hampus Lindholm, but I wonder how much money he gets on the open market because I feel like a lot of us outside the Western Conference fan bases have forgotten how good that guy is. You know what I mean? I haven't forgotten. No, you haven't, of course. Well, no, you were because you're good. But, you know, also more I saw for Kevin Schattenkirk. If the defensive market is anywhere near what it was last year and during free agency, that guy is going to get paid. Yeah. Paid. Can we talk about, by the way, if if there's a segment, if, if one more insider, when they're asked about Ben Chirac, just says St. Louis and that's it. Like, we know it's St. Louis, Florida. Shut up. Give me something new or don't say anything. St. Louis, Florida, New York. L.A. Montreal scouts were at the L.A. game yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, freaking Phil Deneau hit a career high in goals, by the way. Did you see that? (laughs) No, that's so under the radar for me. Can I just... Yeah. I don't know what I did to get all this Phil Deneau content scrolling through my... Twitter page, but I probably tweeted hashtag the Deneau effect about three or four times. Yeah. And I guess that's enough to get Phil Deneau. That's karma for taunting me in the early parts of the season. I don't feel like, listen, listen. Ah, uh, uh, Dowdy like, and Kopitar, you know, Dowdy, you know, Norris, Joey defenseman, Kopitar, one of the best two, a Deneau effect. How dare you? I just laughed. So, well, now it's the Bergevin effect, right? Oh, he's such a dick. Oh, they, oh, they all have a developmental for you for 10 years, and Terry Price still drags into the finals. And they're such a useless organization. They ruined his career. And he was still amazing. Oh, go on, Daniel. Oh, oh no, it's just a random thing where um, I, I kept saying under the radar. <clears throat> and then Jonas Siegel just tweeted out, Kyle Dubis on. Lubushkin is that he's kind of under the radar in Arizona. And we thought compared to the market and other types of guys that it was a good bet for us. So that's the word of the day under the radar. I like it. Yes. Words of the day. Phrase of the day. Of the day. Statement phrase, of the day. Phrase, phrase. Statement of the afternoon. I'm seeing stuff about um I'm seeing I'm seeing F1 news leaking out. That's slowly coming, eh? Ferrari mm, may be good this year. Oh, Charles Leclerc World Champion. It's coming for that. Just watch. Just watch. Or Lewis is going to come back with a fiery passion. If you guys care, Marcus Nemo has been fined $2,043.75. Who? Marcus Nimala. Nemo. Nemo. Don't know no? that is. Sorry. He's a young defensive player. No, that, Oh, okay. Nima Linen. Yeah, I think he got called up once Woodcroft to go. By the way, the Oilers are like four or five and zero under him. 
Of course, I'm not going to talk about that. No, of course not. You don't get the credit, Edmonton. I refuse. Uh, where are we now? Oh, oh, goodness. We're almost done. Okay, we've got two things to talk about. First off, talk about the Habs and we'll finish off with Brock Besser. The Habs won. They won a game. How did you celebrate? Uh, jumping up and down, and I yelled the phrase, he's a bear, he likes fish, honey, and climbing trees when Cole Caulfield got the overtime one. The short king. Yes, yes. Returns. For the older game under Marty St. Louis, by the way. Because he's just, you know why? He's just, at practice, he's like, just do what I did. Okay. Yeah, you watched my tape growing up, kid. I, it's just so annoying. I, 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 it just made me think, if, if, if it was any other coach beside Don Ducharme, Caulfield would be in the Calder conversation right now, yeah, without a prob- doubt. Probably, yeah. I have a funny yeah. story, by the Same. way, of that uh, Martin St. Louis joke I just made. Sure. So um, one of my favorite pitchers in the MLB is Zach Greinke. Okay. And one time, um, there's a I don't remember the rookie's name, but he said, oh, when I got called up, you know, he's the guy who's like the staff ace of the team. And I just wanted to say, oh, how can I get better? Because he's like, I want to stick with the team, right? I want to just be that guy for the team. And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll show you some video. And they're like, yeah, we went to the video room. And then Zach just puts on him hitting a home run in a game. And he's like, just try to do more of that. That's like Wayne Gretzky coaching. Just do what I do. Yeah. That's awful. That's, that's awful advice. That's, that's how I feel like Martin St. Louis, just, he just sees himself in a young Cole Caulfield and it's just... He's like, no, I, I, I know what I need to. I know how to coach this guy now. I know the adjustments. I know what you need to do to be competitive at your height, at your size, and what you can, what you contribute to the team. So, I'm confident in that. We literally have two extremely short, talented players in the league in in Debrinkat and Caulfield, and the Habs literally got the greatest small player of all time to be like, all right, teach him everything you know, and it's been incredible to watch. Um, it was really scary because Petrie took a late game penalty, and I think Jake Evans took one too. But I think once Petrie's took over, like went over, and then I think it was like this wicked one timer from I think it was Pavel Bitsnevich gave um, St. Louis the lead, and it was like, is Mambo gonna get a game that he's played great in cost again? And I, I ripped Wyman earlier, but that Caulfield goal to tie it up. Uh, Wyman made a really wicked pass on it. I, you gotta love he's out there in the last minute because they Petrie just wasn't good for so long he didn't feel like it <laughs> he had a really good game against st louis though did you guys see the side-by-side video of that st louis goal it was that goal and his first career and caulfield's first career goal against the sets it was nearly the exact same yeah. alex remember that goal because we were on facetime with mike and i screamed extremely loud <laughs> can you recreate it for me screen right now about teddy <laughs> i don't i, I don't have enough in my i can't, no, I can't okay. get over you calling <laughs> Cole Caulfield a bear and Mike just not having it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he's old. Sh- okay. Okay. I need to get- because listen, I don't know if I've said this on the show. I probably have. Because Cole Caulfield's short and he scores all the goals. He's adorable. So he's like a care bear. I call him the bar down bear. And bears love climbing trees. They like eating fish and they like honey, Winnie the Pooh. So he's a bear. No, no, I fully understand the. Yeah. I get it. I get but it. You know, Ilya Briskalov's only scared of bear in forest. What? Ilya, Ilya Do you ever see that clip? Yes, yes. Where it's yeah. like, are you afraid of like playing them? And he's like, I'm only scared of bear in forest. Bear in forest. Where else are you seeing bears? 
Just I think they asked him about the Bruins. Here. It's like, are you scared about playing the Bruins? Time? He's like, I'm only scared of Baron Forest. What if they're playing an, an outdoor game around it, like in a forest? I don't know. So many We need to have him on the show. I, I think he would say yes. Skalov? Yeah. We I, try it. Oh, I think he'd definitely be like, oh, yeah, oh. yeah, no problem. We just show him our reactions to some losses, and he's just like, why do you have to be mad? It's only game. Why do you have to be mad? But yeah, they won. Woo. You love yes. to see it. I, I saw I saw the, the uh, fun fact that St. Louis' first win was against St. Louis, which also happened to be, I think it was the game he scored his first goal against was against St. Louis too. That's neat. I like to say it's a shame he never played for the Blues. Because it was just, hey, imagine the French games. It's like, ah, you see, no Les Blues to St. Louis. I love St. Louis. There's like a Habs Twitter follow, a great one. I forget his first name, but it's something. And his last name is St. Louis. Oh, and he was tweeting about the St. Louis game and it being Marty St. Louis' first win. I was just looking at like what's going. Every time I see a quote from Marty St. Louis, I keep thinking the the Blues have done something. <laughs> Why does no one have an E? <laughs> Why does no one have a freaking E on your names? Oh, it's just it's it's difficult. If I was like if my if my timeline was full of like blue stuff, it'd be a really bad problem. Um, do you see Tony X's uh, <laughs> response to the Habs beating the Blues? No. How was it? Oh, he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy. Because, like, <laughs> obviously, you don't pay much attention to teams in the last. Like, you, like, if you're, like, the Blues, you don't care, and you don't pay enough attention to the Habs and playing a lot better under Marty St. Louis, like we do, obviously. You just see it as you're the Blues and you just lost to the Habs, the last place Habs, by a significant margin. You know what I mean? <laughs> But it was really fun. Blues fans everywhere were upset and it made me stronger. A really big thing to talk about with the Habs. They made a pair of hires. Uh, Vincent LeCavale in his home in Florida. Like, he's just that guy. Um, is apparently now a special advisor to the GM. He just do. I'm not sure what he's going to be doing. I think he's doing scouting and he's going to be a recruiter. Which So nothing. I don't think he's making significant decisions. They're just going to get his advice on something, which is fine enough. And they also bring in Nick Babrov, or Bobrov, who at one time was head of European scouting for the Rangers. He is now going to be co-director of amateur scouting for the Habs, uh, which is kind of strange. He's had a mixed bag. Um, so let's see what he does. Gordon trusts him. Um, I know a lot of people have been saying it's the sort of boys club, right? You know, I don't have reason to question Marty St. Louis yet. He's done great things for Cole. Kent Hughes has made two moves. The Hammond stuff was needed, and I love the Toffoli deal. Um, Fire Ducharme. Jeff Gordon has done all the right things. I don't have anything. I can't question them yet. One thing I do want to very much question here is Jeff Molson had a big thing about this. We're going to make diversity hires in the hockey op side of things. And all due respect to Marty St. Louis, Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon, Vincent LeCavalier, and Nick Bobrov, but they're all white dudes. And I'm kind of like, I, I, come on, can we uh, can we maybe clean this up a bit? Can we maybe, you know, get some, some not traditional hockey hires here mm-hmm. in terms of not white dudes? I guess drop my phone. Crap. I, you know, I, I get it. I bet they're all good hockey minds. It's just, you know, I'd, I'd like to see a bit more than that. Try something else. Yeah. Daniel Savongay is still around. You lost Emily Castongay. Please. 
please? Okay. Ready, please? Okay. Yeah. But you know, I'm happy at least the Habs didn't give up, give up any prospects for Marty St. Louis this time. And I'm already saying for Vincent LeCavalier this time. Yeah, instead of giving up their whole future. Oh my god. Like I remember who would have been the about, GM? It was Bob Ganey was the coach or the GM, right? I think I think he may have been coached still. Okay. I'll have to double check. Not to mention the return seems to always change depending on who you ask. But it was it like Suban, like Patcheretti, Price. Price in a first. Yeah. So when, when what did he? When did I guess he he mentioned? Oh, I gave it was two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Um, let me double check because in that press conference that he that that Marty St. Louis had, it's funny how they didn't talk to Bob Rob. Apparently, it was just like we're gonna talk to Vincent, even though the other one, the most important position. So in that press conference, Vinny was like, "Oh yeah, I authorized that trade to happen, but it fell through, right?" So let me just double check who was the GM back then. That was the year that they got Stamkos the Lightning. I remember. Great. Imagine it was it was Ganey. That's very strange. Remember when Pierre Gauthier was around for like two years? Oh yeah, that was very strange. Oh, it's four. No, that was two years. I'm an idiot. Um, yeah, no, it was it was Ganey. Okay. Gady always, it felt like he always, like he tried to get Kopitar for years. There was always a sort of move in his back pocket. But talking about trying to make moves and trying to go after someone for years, apparently the Devils for a while have been trying to get Brock Besser. This is from Frank Saravelli. You may have heard of him. Well, he's a New uh, Jersey boy, though, right? Yeah. Brock Besser? Like, he's from, like, the township, like a township in New Jersey, right? Is he? Because uh, I remember they talked about him and Bobby so Ryan true. in the same... Brock like, Besser, conversation. No, he is from league. Minnesota. <laughs> Never mind. My apologies. <laughs> and he went to North Dakota. So okay. Uh, and he played for the Waterloo Blackhawks. The I don't know what word that is. S I O U X City. So he's not going to the Wild. No, no, he's not. He played with Joe Snively in thirteen fourteen. That's interesting. For anyone who doesn't know, that's a that's a uh, rookie in Washington. Had a good game against the Habs, and then uh, yeah, that's it. Ah, that's funny. That's very funny to look at, actually. So anyway, uh, the Devils apparently, per Frank Cerebelli, have been pursuing Besser for the last couple of seasons, haven't been able to get it done. Also, hints that the Devils might not be done in their push. We know Pavel Zaka's around there, and the big thing for the Canucks is they just don't know quite what his deal is going to look like, and if they want to pay him. Am I the only one who thinks it's kind of dumb to trade Brock Besser, even if you have to pay him a lot of money because he's really freaking good? Like, am I? Wait, sorry. Him? From from Vancouver's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I don't understand this at all. For me, he's a building block. I don't understand why he keeps, you know, getting like you know the short end of the stick where they've mentioned the other guys who are the up and coming or the younger guys, and they say I want to get a deal done, and I feel like Brock Besser is always kind of. Well, we'll wait. We'll wait on this. It, it seems to me every time we have this discussion, and especially recently because of the rumors that came out around around when Travis Green was fired about Bo Horvat and JT Miller and, and, and stuff like that, like there's this, it seems like there's this perception that you can either have JT Miller or you can have Brock Besser. But my, my question is, why can't you have both? Like you can very easily keep both going into next year, re-sign Brock Besser. And if you don't, if you don't think JT Miller is going to stay and you don't see him as a building block, then trade JT Miller. Why would you trade Brock Besser? Like, I just, I don't understand. 
younger player. He's only, he's twenty four now. Once he twenty five, oh, he would have. Uh, he took he turned twenty five in a couple of days. He's still super young. I'm just looking at his hockey DB. His rookie season in sixty two games. That's twenty nine goals. Sixty nine games of the following season. Twenty six. Fifty seven games. Nineteen twenties up to sixteen. That would have still finished him close to thirty goals. Uh, last year in the in the COVID shortened year, he played all fifty six games. Wow. You think of what happened to Vancouver last year, 23 goals in that, 49 points. This year, he's up to 15 goals in 45 games. But imagine if Boudreaux was his coach the whole year. 113 goals in just under 300 games. That, guys, uh, what what are we thinking? I, I forget about JT Miller's this in his play style and his personality. This is, this is Brock Besser. This is a very good player. What are we thinking here, lads? I don't get the this upset. Like, I mean, you know what? Maybe these rumors are also false, but I don't get the obsession with with trading Brock Besser because it feels like to me, since the day he signed that bridge deal, we've been talking about trading Brock Besser at least a couple times a year. Like, why? Like, what's the what's the point? quickly look at i'm going to quickly do some maths here uh if i know how to actually properly calculate goals per game we'll find out i don't know how to do it that's probably wrong i know how to do it anyway uh he's a freaking good player i uh, he's uh, they're a very strange team the canucks like rutherford what are you doing dude jt miller who like apparently who's who's right now he's 28 already um we know there's stuff between him and horvat so, and not to mention, even if you want to give the money to Horvat and Besser instead, Besser, I'm sorry, Horvat is also two years younger than Miller. Um, if you're going to regret a contract, then I feel like there's much more likely a chance to regret JT Miller's. And I think you want to lower the chances of having disappointing deals looking at OEL and Tyler Myers' deals. Mm. I, I just, unless Brock Besser is asking for a bajillion dollars, I just I don't see the, the the reason to trade him. And he fits the window. Like, again, like he fits the window a lot better because I don't think the Canucks are winning the cup this year or next year. And JT Miller is what? He's already going to turn 30. He's 2011, his draft. He's 28 right now. 28. Okay. Well, here's what, I, what else is kind of frustrating here is um, even if it's key, I think the QO for Bester is around $7 million. Yeah. That's worth it. Tarasenko's what seven point five? No, I is Besser a thirty goal guy, and Tarasenko can be up to forty. But still, that is. And but you got to look at when Tarasenko signed that deal all those years ago. What was it like a six or eight year deal? And we're coming up to the end of it now. Geez, that feels like forever ago. Um, what was I'm um, But the guy, I just that's a fair deal for Besser if it's around seven. From from Vancouver's perspective, I want to ask you guys this. It feels like they're so they have about eleven million dollars in cap space next year. They got to re-sign Besser. Uh, they got nothing else of major significance except they need to get a backup goalie. Um, to me, it feels like you're going to trade Brock Besser, get that ac- extra cap space. Let's say he they do that deal with New Jersey, they get Pavel Zaka. Um. But they're trading Brock Besser so that they can retool their defense 
in in the offseason. And I think Jim Rutherford said it like they have a, a very good goalie and everything else is and it's not great. It's not fantastic in front of him. Um, they, I, I don't but again. I don't think that's the guy you trade if you're trying to retool like you want it in an age range. Don't you like what, what do you do you guys think that's what they're trying to do? I don't know. If they get a fair deal on like a solid defenseman, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, not Pavel Zaka though. Yeah, I, that one was a weird rumor to me. If you're, you're looking at New Jersey defenseman, not getting Dougie Hamilton, obviously. I'm getting like Ty Smith or. Yeah, and are they going to want to give up Ty Smith? No. Uh, Damon Severson's the not not the type of defenseman they need. So I have a lot of questions as to what New Jersey just doesn't seem like the right dance partner to me. If you're going to trade him to get a defenseman, man, it does not feel like William Nylander talks all over again. Uh, you're just, <laughs> I think you're looking at the wrong sort of team to talk to. Sure. But from New Jersey's perspective, though, this would be a deal. Oh, oh my God. Uh, him and Hughes would be nasty. So, like, I just I pulled up their daily face off here. Uh, and uh, let me, I'll share my screen so that you guys can, uh, so that you guys can see here. Maybe New Jersey have been too busy in free agency instead of the trade This is their forward, uh, their forward core. Like so, this let's say you, <laughs> you you move you move take Zach out and you put him in. You put Brock Besser in, and you got a second line of Besser, Hiche, Tatar. Like that's not bad. Put them or or freaking put them with Hughes. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You have options. They can get freaking Jimmy Vc up. up what's that about? Like I just I. <laughs> I just don't think it's a it, it's bad. Like New Jersey could use him, and I'm sure they would love him. Give up the first and all that, not this first because that's you know what? Yeah, yeah, he's a good player. You know, we'll see where New Jersey end up in the draft order. But I don't know where I they saw the Chris Johnson show. They better be left. Sorry, on the the two tabs at Osharat. Yeah, I'm slowly getting through that episode. As, okay. I, as I told Adam uh, yesterday, did I tell you, or a couple of days ago? I'm like, I, I just needed, I just I, needed a few days so off. I felt really bad after last episode because I was pushing the bench rot thing so much. And I see the Steve Dangle podcast episode had two different segments of a bench rot, and I saw the Chris Johnson show how the bench rot title, and I thought, what have you done? And then I see, I see. And then I see every Habs fan. I thought this was really funny, including Patrick Talon, who faked a Jay Fresh war <laughs> card chart for him. And they were all attacking Kyle Dubas. I thought and I'm that like, was hilarious. oh, Alex, no, I'm so sorry. It was hilarious. No, it was hilarious. But it, I got but it was credit. like, oh, my goodness gracious. I give oh, people my. credit where credit is due. That, is, that was hilarious. That, uh, but again, I'm... <laughs> Dubis, Dubis has a mistake with that Twitter. I, I, mean, I wonder if he just looked at this one. He's like, what the, what? Why did I, why? Why do I have this account? He, actually, he has a burner account that follows the podcast. And he made the Labushkin trade. He's like, I can't do this to Alex. Exactly. Like, gotta- <laughs> he felt bad. We got Even that's, why, mercy that, trade. that's actually why he signed Zach Bogosian. Yeah. Because uh, he, he was listening to the podcast and I said, you know, the Leafs could really use him. And mm-hmm. in that off season, they, they signed him. He wanted that niche, uh, that niche group that would yeah. buy the merchandise. Yeah, exactly. Didn't you DM Leafs Twitter before they made it? Kind of like actually told everyone yeah. what number he was going to wear. So I did. 
and they responded. Wow. Number I know to have well, excellent customer service. I know. And with that, mm-hmm. we can call it an episode for today. Happy family day, guys. Tomorrow. Yeah, that's happening, isn't it? I forgot about that. And um, it's reading week. Reading week. What are you gonna read? I have I have three books I need to read. ENV, whatever, some... whatever the novel is off, of course. <laughs> I have uh, I have some research I gotta get done. All right, with that, um, everyone have a good week. Thank you for listening. Find us wherever you listen to your podcast. There's video versions of the pod on Spotify. And YouTube. That's pretty fun. Check out the show on TikTok and wherever else social media exists. We're probably on it. Uh, same with our personal stuff. There's a Facebook page for the show, too. And TikTok. We love the TikTok. Uh, Dan, what's up? CJ, are you? Alex, you have some new stuff, don't you? Um, not yet. Soon. Oh. Soon. There's some okay. stuff up there, but that it's not me. It's our team. Okay. But you should definitely go check it out. Uh, I'll come to a game sometime. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the YouTube channel for me. Don't expect any uploads until perhaps do something because it's gone quiet. And with that, rate the show on Apple Podcasts too because you know we gotta fix that. Who are and you? Spotify, and Spotify and Spotify, you could rank. You could uh give it a rating now. Why did yeah, Instagram yeah. let you like story uh stories? Why? I don't know. Well, why? It's like, it's like you you didn't need to do that. You can you do that. You can send yeah, it's reactions. New. It's new. It's it, it's uh literally yesterday. I didn't realize. I posted a story and then I saw someone liked my story. I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Why? 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 We'll see you next time. <laughs>